With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, everybody, welcome to tonight's edition of Heartbeat Radio on Pro Wrestling Powerhouse Radio Network. I am Michael McCurdy. My name is Michael McCurdy. I am the usual host of IHWE Radio, which airs Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Central Time here on Blog Talk Radio. But tonight, I am proud to be joining the one and only Bruce Hart and helping him co-host tonight's edition of Heartbeat Radio. Bruce, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing great, Mike. Uh, thanks for uh, coming on board tonight. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, hooking up with two uh, legends from the 80s um, tonight, uh, beautiful Bobby Eaton and uh, Ricky Morton and... Uh, I'm really uh, intrigued because I've been sort of a long-time fan of those guys, and I've heard nothing but great things about them. But uh, I never really uh, was uh, interacting with them that much. They were sort of down in the uh, in the south there, you know. But uh, a lot of my good buddies, including uh, Pillman and Benoit and... Uh, Guys like that were uh, Michael Hayes. Some of those guys were all big buddies of theirs. So I, uh, I've long heard good things about both of them. So I'm, I'm looking forward to covering a lot of ground with them, just sort of hearing a lot of the uh, stories about some of the uh, things that happened in the 80s and 90s with you know, quite, quite a bit of stuff with uh, the old NWA and then WCW uh, with Bischoff and and ECW and uh, a bit of stuff with WWE too. So they're both uh, among the most respected guys in the business. So Bobby Eaton and Ricky Morton. So I'm I'm looking uh, forward to uh, learning a few things. So it should be fun. Uh, they both tell me they're uh, buddies of yours as well. So that, that should make for a good interaction here well when you talk about tag team wrestling you definitely have to talk about beautiful bobby eaton and ricky morton uh bobby being a member of the midnight express with dennis condry later with stan lane both managed by jim Cornette, and ricky morton one half of the rock and roll express with robert gibson definitely two of the best tag teams in wrestling ever uh you mentioned wwe they also worked the world-class territories so they were there with the von erichs um, they went through NWA, a lot of history. They've got a lot of history between each other and a lot of history just in tag team wrestling. So I'm looking forward to uh, hearing this interview 
And I'm just happy to be here and be part of this show tonight. Um, I filled in a couple times in the past, but Bob called and asked if I'd mind hosting this week, and I jumped at that opportunity because I tuned in to listen to it. And I mean, you've had some great guests, so I'm just proud to be part of the show tonight. Yeah, I've been really uh, delighted with the, uh, you know, the guests we've had the last uh, couple of months. Been like a who's who of like the Terry Funks and Harleys and Rick Flairs and McFoley's and Jeff Jarrett's and uh, Ivan Koloff's and a bunch of these guys that are uh, not only legendary wrestlers but. They were all really interesting guests. They all had a lot to uh, offer, you know, a lot of interesting and intelligent perspectives. And also, I've been really pleased. And uh, I might add, I'm uh, happy we've got we've had some really great guest hosts as well, like yourself and Johnny Mantell and and Evan Ginsberg and some of those guys. So it's been really uh, I'm flattered that. Uh, all these people have seen fit to uh, come on board and uh, share some of their perspectives. And uh, Bob Johnson tells me he's got some other pretty fascinating guests coming up in the next few weeks, and including Greg Gagne. And um, I think he's endeavoring to get CM Punk on too. I'm looking forward to that if that uh, comes about. And, who knows who else? So it's, it's been um, interesting, and I'm hoping the uh, the people listening or checking us out online or whatever are uh, getting something out of it too. Well, you mentioned CM Punk there for a second. He's definitely a name right now in the podcast world. Uh, Tuesday, I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to it, but he had an interview with Colt Cabana on the art of wrestling where he told his side of the story of what's happened with his separation with WWE. Probably one of the most intense podcasts I've heard. I mean, the man pulled no punches and he told the truth. So That's uh, refreshing in this in this business, although uh, sometimes the truth hurts. It hurts the guy uh, offering the truth more than anyone else, but... Uh, yeah, I, I respect him for uh, cutting to the chase, and uh, you know, I, I'll have to check that out. I uh, I'm not one of those online or web guys or or whatever, so I'm not on there all the time tweeting or blogging or or whatever. But um, that should be fascinating because he uh, certainly uh, a huge player in the last couple of years and you know I, I i i'll have to check that out that's that's online eh yes um it's the art of wrestling on you can go to coldcabana.com you can also find it on youtube the uh the server actually crashed for the uh on the Cole cabana's website due to the massive amount of people that were trying to download the show and listen to it live the server crashed so I mean, everybody wanted to hear CM Punk. Basically, he killed the internet for a couple <laughs> for a couple days uh, with his podcast. So he talks about just the release. He talks about how the doctors treat them there, medical wise. I mean, very enlightening. Like I said, one side of the story we haven't heard WWE side. 
we may never hear WWE's side, but just what what yeah. Punk had to say, what worked through. So was he? Uh, I assume he wasn't overly complimentary towards some of the uh, the big wheels in the WWE or Vinny or Hunter or some of those. Um, as you said, he was not there to uh, rag on them and not to tell but he did. He was very honest, and he did mention some names, and uh, there was some very colorful language used in describing uh, some of the people. So <laughs> if anybody has a chance to listen to it, uh, highly recommended. Um, I listened to it again this morning, and I was just amazed by just what he had to say. Well, I'll have to definitely check that out. I give him credit for, uh, you know, speaking up. I, I don't don't know what his agenda is or his uh, who he has issues with or whatever. But uh, it should be interesting. Certainly, uh, you know, a huge player in the last couple of years and uh, still got a huge fan base. So I'd be interested. He cracked the internet, so yeah, there's a huge fan base. <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting to see uh, how that all unfolds. You know, it sounds like it's a shoot, not a work, too. So, which is probably why it is uh, getting so much interest. But oh, exactly. Yeah. But let's go to the matter at hand tonight's show. As you said, we're being joined by beautiful Bob Eaton. Our second hour, we're going to be joined by Ricky Morton. And we have on the line right now one half of the Midnight Express, beautiful Bobby Eaton. Bobby, welcome to Heartbeat Radio. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. Hi, Bobby. How are you? It's uh, uh, an honor to have you. Oh, yeah, Bruce Hart. Nice nice to uh, have you on. And uh, I've heard nothing but great things about you. And uh, a lot of my cronies, Ben Juan Pillman and... Uh, quite a few others always spoke really well of you, you know, kind of. Yeah, yeah, they all they all told me you you were a hell of a hand, and not only uh, that, but you're very helpful to the young guys. Most of those guys are a bit younger back then. Uh, ben Juan, Pillman, and some of them, and they they always told me you would go out of your way to. Uh, help them and give them a little advice and all that other. So I know they spoke uh, extremely highly of you and said you're uh, one of the best guys in the business at getting the other guys over and checking your ego at the door and all like that type of thing. So uh, amongst amongst the workers, uh, I know you're held in great regard. Thank you. What have you been up to these days, Bobby? I've uh, heard you were working with my old buddy Harley a bit. Yeah, I've been doing some work for Harley. Uh, just doing some independent work around uh, Missouri, uh, Arkansas, Iowa. Iowa, stuff like that. I just I just spent three or four days down with Harley at his camp. Yeah. I was old Harley. He was on our show about two weeks ago with Terry Funk and Rick Flair and. Uh, how was old Harley doing? He uh, sounded like he had a few health issues when I when I talked to him. He's doing good, but he's he's down in his back real bad right now. 
Yeah, he sounded sounded a bit weak when I spoke to him. I didn't know that he was having a, anything happening that day or not, but uh, it took me a while to... If I remember Harley from the 70s and the 80s, he was kind of a, <laughs> a bit bombastic uh, voice, you know. He sounded a little... Uh, like uh, like things had taken a toll on him, but I'm glad he's still uh, doing things down there. He's training a few guys and still running the they, school. And but thirty guys at least to train them. How's his? Uh, does he get? His, I didn't know their Harley's got plastic knees or hips or any of that yeah. stuff. I remember he was one of those guys who, uh, and I'm sure you'd remember, he was one of the guys who uh, was always taking the big bumps and the, the sky-high backdrops. And, you know, every night he was uh, putting his body on the line, you know, whether there was uh, 100 people in the crowd or there was a sellout, you know. He he was one of those guys who, uh, you know, was really uh, great for wherever he went. He was you know, putting out and setting the example. I remember when we had a few young guys up here when he first came up here in the 70s, and he was always uh, chewing their asses out if they weren't uh, given 100%. Yeah, he still does that. <laughs> still does it. But, yeah, so, how's your health these days, Bobby? I, uh I've heard you had a few issues, so I'm hoping you're doing yeah. doing better. Yeah. Doing a lot better now. I'm having a problem with my heart. Uh, Did you have a pacemaker put in and everything? Hopefully, hopefully get that straightened out. Yeah, I I certainly hope uh, hope you're doing well. You know, as I said before, you're. Uh, Within the business, one of the guys that uh, I've never heard a and I've never heard a bad word. I always heard nothing but nice things said about you, and, uh, which is saying something. Because in the business, most of the boys are always uh, shit talking everybody. You know, yeah. So, but oh, uh, yeah. uh, I've never heard anything but good things. You know, I, I remember all the we used to have a lot of the uh, southern guys up here back in the day, and. Um, they all spoke very uh, respectfully, you know, they all sort of held you in high regard, even guys like Honky Tonk and Schultz and Ron Starr and uh, Danny Davis and guys oh, like yeah. that. And they were all pretty good workers, too. And But I remember they, always, uh, they were always raving about, there's a guy down in, you know, working with Dennis Condry or whatever, and Bobby Eaton, you know. I think they're always trying to get my dad to... Uh, Try to book you, but uh, never ever came off. But I remember uh, you were one of the guys, and I remember I was starting a bunch of young guys up here at that time, like Dynamite and Davey and Brett and Junkyard and some of those guys. And uh, but you'd always hear your name whenever the uh, you know they're talking about the great workers. You know they'd mention. Your name was always uh, right up there. You know, they mentioned guys like yourself or and Dennis and Arn Anderson and uh, and uh, Ted DiBiase and some of those guys. But yeah, they're all good yeah. workers. But yeah, always, uh, always uh, 
heard great things about about you in and out of the ring, you know, and uh, so it's, it's nice uh, here because uh, most times it's the other way, you know. He's not a bad worker, but he's an a-hole or <laughs> or he's overrated or <laughs> or whatever, you know. Most times the boys are never all that uh, complimentary about each other and closed uh, behind closed doors or whatever. So yeah. Oh, yeah, nice to know. <laughs> so, how, uh, when did you get started, Bobby? Back, uh, how, uh, maybe uh, give our, some of our uh, listeners a bit of background on your uh, on your evolution in the business. Uh, well, I started back in the seventies uh, for Nick Ellis up in Pucheringa. Uh They ran my hometown every Friday night, so every Friday afternoon. We'd, uh, we'd get uh just get us together, put the ring up, then get in there and practice practice moves we've seen on TV. Oh yeah, you know. Before you know it, we learn you know learn the basics at least you know. Yeah, I remember uh, setting the rings up myself. So that was part yeah. of the. Uh, I think Brett was on that uh, ring crew as well. <laughs> so we were all. As part of the uh, dues paying, as they say, I guess. But uh, was that down in uh, Goulis' territory, or yeah, yeah, Nick Goulis, Nick Goulis territory, yeah. Yeah, I imagine uh, you didn't get rich <laughs> doing that. No, no. <laughs> from from what I heard about old Nick, was a little tight with a penny or whatever. But... Yeah. <laughs> We had a partner named Roy Welch, who was who was um, the Welches and the Fullers and all the guys that was related somehow or another. Yeah, that's what I heard. Roy Welch and Buddy, uh, he was Buddy Fuller's dad, wasn't he, or something yeah. like that. And uh, I remember here, I, I I used to go to those old NWA conventions when I was kind of a young punk. With my dad would bring us down there, but I remember Nick Goulas holding court and. Uh, I think Roy Welch was still kicking around then, and uh, Buddy Fuller, and I think Lee Fields. I don't know whether he was related. He was. I remember meeting him down there, and uh, a few of the other. Uh, other I think guys. a few. Jimmy Golden. Yeah, uh, Jimmy Golden was down there, and uh, uh, Fuller. Yeah, I think Tojo may have been down there. Yamamoto, or whatever the. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was an interesting group down there, you know, the uh, I, I even think old George Goulis, uh, the kid was down there, you know, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I remember they always kid? used to, the mock, and they, every, every, every guy that ever came up here from Tennessee, I had a, an impersonation of George Goulis, about daddy says go down or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I was standing, I was standing real. <laughs> but uh, uh, they turned out some damn good workers out of that uh, Tennessee territory, though. With uh, Danny Davis was a hell of a little worker, and uh, oh yeah, and uh, Schultz and Honky Tonk were, you know, uh, they they ended up uh, becoming pretty decent uh, 
characters in the business, you know, and uh, that was. They uh, had a lot of good guys that that just that never even left left the territory, you know, just to stay around there, you know, didn't do nothing. Could have a lot of good workers, you know. Yeah, yeah I wondered if uh, whether some of those guys uh, ever got out of there. I didn't know whether they had or not with Tojo and some of them, you know, but. Um, how did uh, when did uh, when did Roy Welch pass away? That's going to be a few years back. Yeah, I'm not for sure when he passed away. Uh, you know, him and Nick Gillis had a split. You know, because uh, most yeah, of them caused it. Did they have a, a an amicable split, or did they kind of? No, uh, that, was like, that was hate terrible. They didn't want to use George. You know. To, Jerry Jarrett when Jerry Jarrett when we used George and uh, uh and well, Nick he was he was the booker for uh Jerry was or something like that. I, I remember he was down there too. I didn't didn't know what the deal was all with all that with all the entourage down there. I'd see him down there. Oh, it was a mess. It was it was a mess, man. Uh, uh, but uh, uh Jerry Jarrett's mother was a partner for Nick with Nick Gillis and Roy Welch. She's probably she's probably one of the better promoters as they you know, ran her town when he was on you know, did good. You know, she was just going in putting in one poster. One poster up, you know. <laughs> did did you start in uh, Tennessee, Bobby, or did you uh, get your uh, get your break somewhere else? Well, I started in t- Tennessee and uh, got my break there, putting the, putting the rings up in Huntsville. Somebody just showed one. Of course, we get in there practice after every every time. Couldn't, couldn't wait to do that. Yeah. And just practice moves we've seen on TV. And then I got hooked up with Tojo. Uh, oh, yeah. Who, who had good psychology for the wrestling business, you know. I don't know if you've ever seen him or not, but he's a little short Japanese guy. Yeah. Somebody told me I didn't know that they were pulling my leg or not that your your first match was with Bearcat Rice. I didn't know that was Bear, true or Bearcat, Yeah. Bearcat Brown. Bearcat Brown. Oh, that's... Yeah, I was wondering because I, I knew Bearcat Brown as well, but I, I was trying to figure out what old Bearcat Rice is. I thought he was maybe. Uh, I didn't know that he, he had worked Tennessee that much, or I didn't know that he. He went on that end of the territory. See, they had like three different ter- three territories in, in one, you know, the Memphis territory, the National territory, and the Knoxville. But, but they were all owned by Nick Gillis and Roy Welch, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering. I couldn't, you know, I, somebody's trying to say you're. I said, geez, I don't know old Bearcat was even still kicking around that time. Or was, uh, he was an old kind of a con man. I think he involved uh, in some scheme to steal my dad's airplane back in the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I cost my dad about uh, 200000 back in the 60s. Uh, Bearcat and this old crook named Sam Maneker. So. Uh, 
But, well, uh, I remember that movie too. I remember that. He's out of St. Louis, wasn't he? Yeah, he he was. I I I, I couldn't say anything good about the old fart, but <laughs> <laughs> he, he was up here. And he, he and Bearcat. My dad had an airplane. He was flying the uh, boys around back in the day, uh, like a twelve passenger or something like that. And yeah, mother Bearcat right and Sam. Uh, Switched the registration on it or some damn thing and uh, flew it to the states and then I heard they set fire to it and collected the insurance. Oh, I heard that. Yeah, kind of a, a well-known story in the business, but uh, yeah, Bear, Bearcat, uh, Bearcat Wright was pretty smooth old, not a bad old worker, pretty charismatic, but you know, I think you know. Bit they used to come as a manager around here. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that. I heard uh, Bearcat Brown. I heard he was a pretty decent guy. I didn't know about Bearcat yeah. Wright. <laughs> yeah, Bearcat Brown was just one of the one of the first black wrestlers team with a guy named uh, Len Rossi. Oh uh, yeah, I I think my dad knew Len Rossi back in the, maybe as far back as the forties or fifties. He knew uh, him down in. Uh, Maybe in Tennessee or uh, maybe in New York or whatever the hell, you know. He, yeah. I, I heard he was he a hell of a worker. He started, he started there. Well, yeah, somebody told me uh, Bobby also worked with uh, Buddy Roberts and Jerry Brown and those guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Hollywood Blondes. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, Buddy Roberts actually broke in up here. He was sent up by uh, Ivan Koloff, who was... Uh, a friend of my dad's from he worked Vancouver, and they sent Buddy Roberts. I think his real name was Dale Hay or something like that. Yeah, Dale Hay. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. I, I knew Ivan and uh, and but they the, Buddy got real sore, but it's a free bird. I mean, they they ripped him. He'd be almost crying, you know, <laughs> in the back seat. I mean, they do everything to him, you know. I've always thought Buddy he was a hard worker. Yeah, it seemed like a pretty good guy, buddy. I uh, I saw him a few years back at uh, the Cauliflower Alley a few years before he passed away. But yeah, he was a, a nice kid too. Old uh, Dale Hay always seemed like a pretty uh, added a lot of flavor to that uh, Freebirds thing later on. Yeah, I, yeah, he, it is. They learned a lot from him. Him teaching them, you know. Teaching them psychology of the business, you know. Oh yeah, I always thought Terry and uh, Buddy Roberts were the guys who were, uh, you know, they seemed to be the two best workers of that trio. You know, Michael Hayes had a bit of good talker and a bit of bullshit about him, you know. But uh, I always thought I they always they heard. They work for them together because uh, yeah, I on the mic, but uh, work was a little, you know. Yeah, they seemed to have a pretty successful run in there with Fritz and all like that. And later on, with uh, uh, I think when they went to WCW or UWF or whatever the hell, you know. But uh, they took a lot of money for the Von Eriks. Yeah, did you work? Did you work much for? 
uh, Fritz and those guys, uh, Bobby, you were, you were, uh, what were they? Eight months, mid Dennis Cornell. And, uh, it was, you know, just, the boys were hard workers, man. They, you know, just, you know, they were always coming from left field, you know. So, yeah, there was a lot of issues, as they say, <laughs> from what I yeah. heard anyway. But, uh, somebody told me as well that you had a bit of a run with old Coco. Yeah, Coco, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were team for about a year. Yeah, I know he had a team with my brother on for a, a stretch there. They were called High Energy or something. Yeah, I, seem like a, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, he seemed like a pretty decent little guy. Oh, it came down for the WCW for a little while, not long. He was there with Brian Pillman and... Um, uh, I'm not sure who else came down the room. Who? Larry Cameron. Yeah. 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 I met I met Owen first. I met him there for for WCW. Yeah. And Brock Pullman just started there. That's. That was uh, some. Uh, yeah. I also heard you had a pretty. Decent little run with uh, uh, Mike and Joe Hawk and Animal. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. We had a scaffold match with him. Where everybody remembers them damn things, you know. So <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing some of the uh, uh, videos of that stuff. You guys were when you guys were doing some of those uh, cage or whatever the hell hell in the cell is or whatever, but. Look like you. I, I remember you. You were taking some pretty uh, spectacular bumps. But yeah, what guys work with? You know. <laughs> so, you know. So, Bobby, if you don't mind, jump in real fast here. Um, what was it like working those scaffold matches? Because we've had Jim. I've had Jim Cornette on as a guest on my regular show, and he's talked about the fall he took off the scaffold match. What was it really like to be up there? Because one of your matches was the Starcade. So what was it like yeah. to be up there on those scaffold matches? Well, they actually suck, to be honest with you. They, um, you, can't, you can't do much when you're up there, you know, and especially if you're up there with two big guys like the Road Warriors, you know. And the very first one, the very first one we had for the Road Warriors, is when Cornette fell off and uh, either broke his leg or almost broke it or something, tore his knee out. And uh, you know, he got hurt pretty bad on that. He didn't want to do it in the first place. How high were those scaffolds, Bobby? I'm not for sure exactly how high they were, but they were. They were. about ten feet over the top rope, maybe maybe higher than that, probably higher than that. And, you know, get... But it's hard. It's hard matches to work. 
said, you're going to come back the next week in a, in a regular match. You know, but, you know, you fall off the scaffold, you should be out for about a month or two. You know, what's going They they tell me you also had so, a bit of a run with Steve Austin, Bobby. Is that right? Yeah. When he was just getting started, or yeah, we were sitting around with him for about two or three months. Uh, and I, I was like a TV champion at the time, so they put the belt on him. And you know, I enjoyed working with him. Was he uh, wrestling as Steve Austin then, or did, uh, yeah, Steve Austin? Yeah. Was that before Pillman? I don't know that he was around at that time or he maybe hadn't come in there yet. Or... Well, Brian was, Brian was in the territory, but they weren't together. And they, they hooked up after that. I made him the... Uh, I yeah, I remember... Him. I remember Pillman I used to call me. Too. Yeah, Pillman always was... Uh, you're sort of one of the guys he admired most down there. He's always telling me he uh learned a lot from you and you were one of the uh one of the guys who gave him the best advice and that type of thing. But he seemed to be quite impressed with just the uh you know, the advice you gave him and uh whenever you guys worked he always said you busted your ass and went out of your way to kinda of help him and some of the other young guys. I think Benoit may have been around there too then. I love Chris Benoit, man. I, you know, I I met him first in Japan. But I've heard things about him, and uh, I came back and told Dusty about about uh about him. Uh, uh, I asked him, "Have you seen this guy work?" You know, he's he was wanting to get in somewhere, but couldn't get it, couldn't couldn't get a job because nobody's seen him. Yeah, he was pretty, pretty shy, Chris, as I recall. Yeah. I sort of I started him up here and, and Pillman and Owen all all at the very same time. They all kind of uh, launched their careers back in about '86, I believe it was. And uh, and um, yeah, they, I, I was. Chris seemed really, like you get to get booked somewhere, but uh, nobody would. You know, I guess nobody to see him. Nobody, you know. Yeah, and he was. He was pretty quiet, Chris. He wasn't one of those guys who was a real... Uh, Pillman was a bit more bombastic, at least <laughs> on the mic. Yeah, he was. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I remember... Uh, I think I may have met you down there around that time. I was down there a couple of times when... I, I know I was down there when they did that uh, thing at the beach with uh, Vader and... Colonel Parker and Davy Boy. Oh, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that, uh, yeah, they were doing uh, down in, uh, I think it was St. Petersburg, and they had the... Uh, yeah. But, yeah, it seems to me I may have met you down there. I was down there for... They were interviewing me for coming in or some damn thing to do some booking, but... uh I remember I was intrigued with the uh, when they blew the boat up and then uh, they had I think some uh, other charade with Mick Foley being homeless or out in the streets or yeah. some bullshit. You know? <laughs> and, uh, I wasn't sure. Yeah, I wasn't sure who was uh, pulling the strings at that time. It was 
was kind of a bit uh, haphazard at the at the time with I think Bob Sh- uh, Bill Shaw and Bob doing Oli yeah. and a bunch of those. Oh, I think Oli the book and then, then Dusty took back over right there. Yeah, it seemed to be a lot of chaos. I remember a guy named Joe Marnick or something like that who was doing something and uh um I don't know who else, you know, there it seemed like there was maybe a few too many cooks in the kitchen or maybe not enough. One it was. <laughs> but, it was a lot. Was did did you ever work, Bobby, with uh were you ever involved with uh Triple H before he uh became Triple H or I'll, no, I was there. I was there when he was there, but but I I wasn't. I was with Steve Regal. But that's oh that, yeah. That, that part yeah. that I took for Steve Regal was possible for Triple H, but he already made plans on going to WWE. So then they they wanted to make a two plus team, so they put me in the spot. Oh yeah, with yeah. Steve Regal. Yeah, he he was a decent kid. I he was trained by some English guys that I know over in uh, some buddies of Dynamite and Davies, uh, some guy named Marty Jones or something like that. But uh, yeah, he always seemed like a fairly decent kid, uh, Steve Regal or William Regal or whatever. You know, he didn't, yeah, good guy. Uh, yeah, good how, how, how long did you work with? I heard you were hooked up with that other English guy named Dave Taylor. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was he was up here for a stretch as well with I think with Dynamite and those guys uh back in the eighties, I think Dave Taylor and um uh, he was all right. He didn't seem to have quite as much personality as the other guys, so so I I heard all these guys' names before I met them, you know. You know, uh, you know, the, you know, your family. Then, uh, you know, uh, I met your dad. I think at the NWA meeting. Oh yeah. Thanks. Yeah, as I said before, I know my dad was. Uh, he, he was a big fan of a lot of the Southern guys, you know, which is why he had Schultz and Honky and Star and Danny Davis and. Ken Wayne and uh, some of those guys up here, but how about, I the, how about the old Stomper? Old Stomper, yeah. yeah. He was he was a pretty intense. Yeah, yeah. Well, is he still alive? As far as I know, I, as far as I know, he still is. You know, he, he's got to be uh, getting on a bit. I know my dad told me he stretched Archie down in the dungeon back. back <laughs> Fifty-two or so, so that's like sixty. There's a part there in Knoxville, Tennessee, for a while. Yeah, somebody told me he was. The last I heard, he was, you know, uh, some kind of a uh, prison guard, or he escorted okay. guys from the prison to the courthouse or something like that. Or, yeah, yeah, I didn't know you knew old Archie. He was. Uh, he was an intense. He did a hell of a lot of business up here for my dad. He was like one of my dad's. I think two of my dad's all-time favorite heels was Archie and 
this big black guy named Abby Abdullah, you know. Abdullah. Yeah, my dad seemed to love those two guys. They were like his... uh, They both did huge business up here. They were kind of like my dad's... (laughs) had nothing but nice things to say about Abby and Archie, so... (laughs) Well... I'm going to stop with that over down here, big time. You know, that matter of fact, Barricade Rod managed him for a while here in Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then he just went from territory to territory. I mean, he didn't do nothing flashy, but just his gimmick, the way he looked, you know. What was his gimmick down there? Was he just, like up here? He was just like he was from here, so he. Everyone already knew him when he had started, but he just called himself Archie the Stomper Goldie. But I heard he was like wrestling as a, a Mongolian or something down there. Or... Sounded like a crazy guy from Mongolia when all there or whatever. You know? I was always intrigued because Archie told me he never cut promos down there, you know, because his gimmick was he was supposed to be not talking or something. He was like one of the yeah. best, best promos and I've ever heard in the business, you know, that real. Intense, cold-blooded, uh, maniacal interviews. Yeah, he started doing interviews. You know. Yeah, he was like one of the best I ever heard. And I was like, wow, uh, you know, that's like taking uh, Caruso and telling him he's not supposed to sing or something like that. You know, it's like it was his strong suit. It was his interviews. You know. He was always in good shape. Oh yeah, he was almost a fanatic about the. Uh, Running in the calisthenics or whatever. I don't. I don't know whether he. And I don't think he was ever uh, touching the juice or the roids or any of that. You know, and like too many of the others. You know, but uh, yeah, he he was sort of like a health fanatic, old Archie. He always had some wheat or oil or whatever. The, you know, he's always giving you that and. Uh, he had, had one of the bars down here that he, that you twist something, or you know, uh, I had a spring to it or something. I don't know. You get a pump like that. Yeah. Did you ever, what's, what's happened to old Stan Lane? Is he still down in your neck of the woods too, Bobby? Or? Over in the, uh, North Carolina. I'll see him next month. I think next month. I think I ran into him on occasion with, uh, I can't remember if it was with Mike Graham or Steve Kern or one of those guys, but yeah, he seemed like a pretty nice nice guy too, you know, I yeah. often wondered what uh, happened to him, he had a, seemed to have a pretty good little run there, and then I hadn't heard about him for a long time, I'm glad he's uh, still kicking around though. Yeah. He finally, got, he finally got married. I never thought he'd get married. You know? Oh, yeah. Somebody told me as well, Bobby, you had a bit of... You helped develop some of those guys like Rick Root and some of those guys, too. Yeah. I enjoyed helping somebody out. You know, people help me out, you know. Yeah. I, I, I knew some other big... Uh, I can't remember if you remember him, a guy named Dave Sheldon of the Angel of Death. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
he always uh yeah he he passed away a few years back old angel but uh he was a good buddy of jack victory and but jack he always told, yeah he always uh he always spoke uh worship to you you know told me that you were one of the best coaches and one of the best uh it did more for him than almost anyone you know he always spoke like you were a real uh you know uh he sort of idolized you or whatever so but i remember he he told me he and jack victory kind of uh owed a lot to you and uh i'm not sure who else but uh he said you guys did a a lot for them you know and uh we're always uh going out of your way to make them look good and all like that so yeah yeah. I was wondering what had happened to the Angels this. Big show. Yeah. I was watching. God, he was so big, though, man. He was a big guy. Yeah, he, it's funny that we had this, uh, I can't remember what the hell, I think the guy was a bit of a con man, but he sent, uh, he was coaching some, something called Power Team USA, and he, uh, he sent, Dave Sheldon and this other guy named Steve DeSalvo and uh I think the other two that were supposed to come up was Jim Helwig and Steve Borden. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, Warrior and uh and then at the last sec he uh sent Warrior and uh Borden to Bill Watts or something like that and uh sent Sheldon and uh Angel of Death and uh DeSalvo up here but uh but yes, Angel was a pretty nice big guy. A big. Yeah, he was always uh, the king of the stripper bars. <laughs> that was his. Uh, <laughs> so, Bobby, um, I had a question for you, real quick. Um, okay. When you were with the Midnight Express with Dennis Condry, Stan Lane, you were managed by Jim Cornette. When you were working WCW, you were with Steve Austin, and you guys were part of the Dangerous Alliance, managed by Paul Dangerously. Now we all know Paul Heyman. Two of the greatest yeah. managerial minds in the business. What was it like working with Jim and working with Paul, and what did they both have to offer at the different times in your career? Well, both of them had good, good knowledge for, for wrestling, you know. Uh, plus, they both could talk, you know, and uh, that. Well, at least I had somebody to do my talking for me, you know. Uh, 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 Paulie was good. Cornette was good. Paulie would get over, go a little bit over the edge sometimes, you know. But uh, oh, I always liked him. you still talk to Paul or uh, Jim? Uh, Bobby, or are you still in touch with those guys? Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. I talked to Jim the other day. Uh, What's he up to these days? I, I I don't read the dirt sheets and all the other stuff, so <laughs> not not in the loop, as they say, but what, what is Cornette up to these days? He's, he's doing some kind of, uh, he goes with like, comic books. He goes with these, uh, what else? Comic cons. Yeah, comic oh yeah, comic. those uh, yeah. autograph things. Are they? Is he is he yeah. doing any uh, actual 
he involved with any promotion or any working wrestling these days? Or? Okay. He does a he does a little bit of stuff. Um, uh, he did some. Well, that day they honored him down in um, down in North Carolina. You know, uh, but he don't do much. He kind of got fed up with the business for a little bit there. Yeah, I don't blame him. They they actually had the uh, Jim Cornette roast at WrestleCade uh, this past weekend. Yeah. I believe it was Friday night. And in September, he was inducted into the IWE Southern Wrestling Hall of Fame. He appeared at uh, Old School Hustle. He, in, he was managing uh, Thomas Shire against Matt Riviera for the IWE title. And Jim is actually the global ambassador for IWE, which is the group that I currently associate with, with David Fuller and all that. So he's kind of working with us. He's writing a column for our upcoming magazine as well. So I just had the chance to talk with Jim uh, on Tuesday. He appeared on our show along with The Grappler and all that. So he's kind of working a little bit in the Texas area. So. Yeah, say hi to him. I, I crossed paths with him a few times back in the uh, 90s maybe, but... Uh, yeah, I was always impressed with him. He seemed like he's, you know, very knowledgeable, a very sincere guy. You know, and took took the business very seriously. And uh, oh, yeah, I'm not serious about the business. Yeah, I've, I've often wondered why he wasn't in with Vince. I pres- presume there must have been some personal uh, issues there, maybe or something. Yeah, certainly. Uh, he worked for for a while then. You know, just uh, whatever happened, I don't know what happened to him. Yeah, you see these guys seem to drop out of sight, and uh, and you never really uh, know what, you know, uh, who, who put a knife in their back or whether it was amicable parting or what the hell, you know. Yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah. I, I figured Cornette would be... Uh, a good fix for Vinny Mac any time, you know. He's, he seems to have the right kind of personality for that place. But well, I hate, he's he's been he's been around wrestling his whole life, you know. His yeah. mother was real with the with the Jarrett's. Oh, is that right? Uh, and he's been around for for years, you know. Do you have anything, Bobby, to do with uh, Jeff Jarrett and that new promotion? He's we had we had him on the show a few weeks back, but I didn't know what was happening on that day. No, I don't have nothing to do with that. Uh, uh, but I'm interested in seeing it. I haven't seen none of it yet. You know, so have you guys seen any of it? Yeah, I didn't know what was going on. He mentioned he was on our show a while back, and he uh, said he was trying to get something launched around the end of the year. And uh, I think he had some tie-ins with Japan, and I wasn't sure what else. And I wasn't sure how, you know. Japan is part of the deal, you know. Yeah, I didn't know who he was bringing in or uh, what... uh, where it, where it was standing, I it'd be good. It'd be good for the business if some of those uh, promotions get off the ground. You know, it'd be uh, 
that's that's one of the biggest problems with the business right now is there's a feast or famine you know maybe if you're in with Vince or whatever you may be making a decent living but uh if you're not and you're maybe not in the top tier with TNA then it's kind of uh you might make the odd dollar on some indies and all like that but it, it, it's yeah. kind of tough to sustain or tough to be full time or it's not like the old days where you could go from territory to territory and there was a lot of uh, options or a lot of places you could maybe uh, you know go if things were if you're starting running out of steam in some territory you go to another place and get a new facelift you know all like that you know but uh, but yeah I'm always happy to hear a guy like Jared or some of those uh you know, even Cornette when he had Smoky Mountain or some of that, uh, it's always, I think, good for the business if some of those, some of those new guys or some of those guys trying to get those things off the ground uh, have some success. You know, I'm surprised Vinnie Mac and them aren't uh, trying to help some of those guys more because it's ultimately to their benefit if there's, you know new guys coming up and they're sowing the seeds at the grassroots, which is, uh, you know, one of the biggest problems with the business right now, you know, is, you know, kind of the grassroots are pretty much dead, you know, so. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I'm here, uh, out of St. Louis, Ring of Honor, I don't know if you heard of them before. Yeah. I've heard of them. I didn't know what they were up to, but, and uh, they just run. I guess they just they got a little pay per view. I can't think the first of the year. Well, that's, that's uh, mostly their own guys, or are they? Yeah, they they they've um, brought guys in from um, WWE and, and stuff like that. Uh, but most of them are they're, they're made, the ones they make make themselves. You know. Yeah, that's that's what this business needs, I believe. You know, you need to uh, almost kind of, you know, like I come from that era when there was territories and there was, you know, 40 promotions running full-time yeah. in North America. And, uh, but there was a hell of a lot of good workers coming out. And uh, I remember guys would come from Tennessee to up here. We'd send guys down there. We'd get guys from Japan or England or wherever. But uh, it always uh, added a lot of flavor to it. You didn't have the same stagnant style. And you had, uh, you know, guys weren't staying in one place for 10 years or anything like that. They maybe have a run in six months or a year, and then they'd go to another place. And the, well, I remember a lot of guys from the, from the South, especially from Nick Ellis, used to, go, used to come to go to work for your dad and you guys up in, up there. Oh, uh, yeah, and they all had, they always had a lot of, yeah, they always had a lot of personality, those guys, you know, the, uh, you know, they, they were among the best talkers and they, they, you know, they had that, you know, kind of swagger to them, like the Schultzes and the Honky Tonks and the, mm-hmm. 
I remember that old uh, guy named Roger Smith. He was another old, pretty good old bullshitter. He's I know him. Yeah, I know him. Yeah, he was. He was one of Jody Hamilton's partners as the assassins yeah. or something, and Tom Ernesto. And uh, but uh, but yeah, they always had a lot of uh, personality. Those uh, the guys from Tennessee. My dad always seemed to have a you know sort of a special uh, preference for them. They always, they were always great talkers, you know, and always uh, had a lot of swagger to them, you know. And uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, is Big Myers still around there? Who's that, Bobby? Big Myers. Oh, yeah, yeah, Duke Myers, yeah. he. Last I heard, he's back in Portland, but, yeah, he was a great uh, mentor to a lot of those young guys. You know, he really uh, helped guys like Dynamite and Davey and um, even Pillman and... Uh, he had another younger guy. It was Bulldog Brown's nephew, a guy named Kerry Brown. Duke did a hell of a job, kind of uh, molding him, you know. And uh, he was a great old leader. There was a, he was up here with another old guy that you might know from. He worked out in the South. A guy named the Cuban Assassin. Oh yeah, I know him. Angel yeah, Tapito and, and uh, those were two of the two of the best guys in Calgary for years, they were they're sort of the types that would kind of take the young guys and uh, you know, give them advice and school them and all like that And they really uh, they really helped guys like Benoit and Pillman and uh, Davey and Owen and uh, those guys you know, they'd be out there uh, taking bumps all night and uh, telling them when to slow down and when to speed it up and all that type of thing, and there's not enough of those guys around anymore that can kind of, uh, you know, kind of lead those. Uh, when I watch WWE these days, you know, you, you sort of say, geez, they, they could use a Duke Myers or a Ron Starr or a Bobby Eaton out there that knows when to slow it down and when to speed it up and when to take a big bump and when to kind of... Uh, you know, grab a hold and all that kind of thing, you know, which is kind of what working's all about. But uh, instead, I see them just doing sort of high spots and more high spots and 10,000 chairs under the damn ring and sledgehammers and yeah. all the other stuff. And, uh, I, I often find myself saying, geez, they've got everything but wrestling on the menu, uh -huh. you know. You know with, you know where the hell is grabbing a hold, or you know, it's almost like they panic if uh, if they actually do grab a hold and uh, you know hold on to it for more than uh, thirty seconds. Usually, get the referee who's got an earpiece and somebody up in the booth uh, screaming I, at him, uh, "Keep moving, keep moving," you know, or something. I'm thinking, you know, really, I'm in a damned. Uh, Boston Crab or a figure four leg lock, how the hell am I supposed to keep moving, you know, or why, you know, but, uh... <laughs> yeah, WCW was like that. They didn't want you to get in a hold long. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been around TNA lately? Uh, I, I haven't even... I've sort of lost sight of them. They're, they're not on TV up here in Canada anymore, and, uh... Yeah, 
I don't know what to uh, That's what all, you know, uh, that's all I know about them. You know. I know uh, Jeff starting that news, that news uh, last month with them, you know, somebody. Yeah, who's who's even running that these days? Is that uh, I I don't even know who the hell's calling the shots or who's who's who or what's what down there anymore. But yeah, I don't know what TV they got. Don't have any TV. Yeah, I, I I'd love to see them sustain themselves a bit. You know, I don't know they're. Uh, you just hear stuff, you know, you know, whether they're uh coming or going or or what the hell, you know. But. Yeah. Yeah, they I was I'm I was always pulling for them. I still am pulling for them. But, you know, I'm like I want everybody to do good, you know. Yeah. <laughs> did did you ever work? T N A just announced a uh TV deal last week. They are moving to Destination America uh, starting yeah. in January. Is that, I heard that. Is, that a, is that a big station? Or I'm not up on that. The uh, is that it's uh, a channel under the Discovery Communications, which does Discovery Channel and all that. It's one of their uh, side channels, so it's on about sixty percent of the cable market. Yeah. Hopefully that's a step in the right direction for them. I, I've well, I, think not, I think people have trouble first trying to find out where it's, where it's at and what it is, you know. But I know where it's at because I watch different shows on there. Uh, you know, they have a lot of good shows on there. Hopefully it's appealing to a wrestling clientele. You know, I, I never connotated the Discovery Channel with uh, with wrestling fans, but maybe there's maybe that's something I don't know, you know. But hopefully it'll work out for them, you know. And is old Dixie yeah. and that bunch still in there? Or is, uh, I guess she still run with. It is still run by Panda Energy and uh, Dixie Carter. He yeah, has the head of the in that. So, but she has a behind the scenes. She's not an on air talent anymore. Who's the uh, so called booker pulling the strings for Dixie these days? Or is there more than one? Or I, I have no idea. I couldn't tell you. I'm not sure who current lineup is. There's a lot of hands in the uh, in the product on that one. So. Which is not usually uh, <laughs> to anyone's advantage, I might add. But uh, I remember the old days; you'd have one or two bookers at the most. You know, and, uh, Brian, you know what's going on? Well, ask him. <laughs> I think it's a guy yeah. named John Brock or something like that is the lead writer right now. Whatever they call him these days. Yeah, He's the perfect. lead smart mark or whatever the hell you know. But, <laughs> Yeah, hopefully they uh, get their proverbial shit together. You know, it's good for the business if there's a few more uh, people keeping things 
afloat or whatever, you know. So. <laughs> Did you hear what Ron said? Yeah. So tell me, Mike, is, uh, is uh, what time is Ricky Morton coming on here? I was told he'd be coming on around around now. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Very good segue. Uh, very good segue there, Bruce. We actually have Ricky Morton on the line right now. He just joined into the studio. So we're going to bring on. Yeah, I'd love to hear Bobby and Ricky uh, share some stories. You know, I'm. Uh, I myself would love to hear that. So. Yeah, and I, I'd almost feel like just sitting back and letting them uh, <laughs> just. You know, shoot the shit as they say, you know. But. All right, well, with that being said, we are going to bring on one half of the Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton. Ricky, welcome to Heartbeat Radio. All right, guys, what's up, man? Just, uh, yeah, thanks for thank coming very on much. board, Ricky. It's, hey, uh, man, who, who, am I, who am I talking to here, man? Uh, yeah, this is the uh, infamous Bruce Hart, the uh, brother of the best there is, the best there was. In the... Hey, Bruce, what's going on, man? Hey, hey, Mike. Much. Mike. Yeah, I'm sorry, gentlemen. Uh, been yeah, out running around all day. I have a, you know, I've been on the road all week, and... Uh, I have a wrestling school out in Turkey, Tennessee, where I've been training all day. But I'm home now, having a, you know, just another day at the office, I guess. That's what I call it. Hi, Ricky. Yeah. What's uh, we're also hey, being man. joined. We're also being joined in the studio now. Uh, Bobby Eaton is on the line with us. He's been on since the beginning of the show, so he's also he on the line. Bobby Eaton. He'll be back. In Bobby. Yeah, Bobby. 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 Bobby just stepped out. He's back in just a moment. Who's this, Brian Thompson? This is me. Yeah, hey, Ricky. How you doing, sir? Pretty good. Where'd Bobby go to, guys? How y'all doing, man? Are we on a radio interview? Are we just sitting there keeping the shit? <laughs> yeah, from, from it's, li- it's live, brother. It's live. All right, that's good. <laughs> hey, Brian. Yeah. Hello. Yes, sir. I'm Am here, I man. talking to myself? Fuck. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> What? <laughs> what? Did I get busted on that? Should I not say that or what? I don't know, man. I mean, I'm sitting here. I'm talking to myself. I don't know. Rick Morton. Hey. I How are you doing? I'm doing good. Now? How's Bobby Eaton doing? Good, man. Just have the room to uh, take a quick break. He'll be back in a minute, though. He says send oh, his regards. He does. To well, man, am I supposed to talk nice about Bobby? Uh, You know, Bobby told me one time, he said, Ricky Morton, if you take the T out of Morton, your name will be Ricky Moron. (laughs) You know that? And I told Bobby Eaton, if you put an N on the end of your name, your name will be Bobby Eaton. So, uh... (laughs) That sounds like (laughs) promos. That sounds like promos from the 80s, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. You know what, though? Bruce, they still work. <laughs> yeah. If they know what they're done right. Oh, hey, guys, you know what I'm saying? You know what? Uh, like I said, you know, I'm still very active in business, guys. And, uh, you know, last night we had Russell K down in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. You know, and and what I like about stuff like that is that's when they bring all the boys together. You know, they had like 100 of the boys there yesterday. And uh, as to me, uh, I still enjoy the boys. I still enjoy my business. The ones that are really smart to it, but 
and uh, and understand what my business is about. But man, we had a great time over yesterday. Had a great house. We had a lot of good matches. Uh, seen some of the guys I hadn't seen in a long time, such as a uh, one man gang. Uh, oh, Kevin Sullivan, old Georgie. How's he doing? Ow, you know, he told me his health was doing pretty good. Him and his wife over down here, and uh, you know, Kevin Nash was here. Uh, Xbox, uh, Scott Hall. Uh, I even see Brutus Beefcake. I hadn't seen that old dinosaur in a long time either. Oh, fuck. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <That's cool>. and, uh, <laughs> Greg Valentine. Uh, you know, guys, we, I mean, you, but believe it or not, we had a great time down here. We had, and, you know, it was packed all day from doing the uh, autograph sessions and the sh- show that night. Uh, you know, the fans stuck around, and it was really cool. Uh, but like I said, I, you know, I'm still very active in the business. Matter of fact, we're going to be. Uh, what I really like to talk about is uh, it's coming Saturday. I'm going to be uh, down here in Sullivan Central High School in Bristol, Tennessee, Blountville, Tennessee. I guess. Got a great advance coming up. We got Matt and Jeff Hardy both going to be there. Uh, oh yeah, somebody told me Matt was is he working with you or something like that or is that? Yeah, you know, we got a match going on in there, bud. You know, but you know, and we did it right. It's. Uh, Got a great advance. That's what it's all about. You know, you're the people. I don't know about you, bro. It's been a long time since you've been active in the business, hasn't it? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I, like, I worked since the early 70s, so I've been. Yeah, we, uh, we all know that. But I'm just talking about, you know, us. I'm, you know, I come from the time where our business was very sacred. Uh, oh, yeah. That, I remember back yeah, in the and, day. Uh, yeah, yeah, and we depended, we depended and, on each. Oh yeah, all that, and we depended know, we, on each other to make a living. But see, that's what it's oh, like. Oh yeah, it was. And, uh, and anything to protect the, and stimulate the business, and if anyone oh, yeah. wants to, uh, you know, uh, and the, smartening any see, and the part, any of that. You know, I know I got that, but see, I, and that don't bother me. The part about the business has changed, and I understand it. But the only thing that bothers me. Is some of these fucking promoters that have about as much business been in the ring as we fly in the space shuttle? Yeah, uh, I, I see a lot of that down here. Where you know they can, you know, see this business to me is it's uh, it's my life. It's not a game. Oh, yeah. It's not a joke. You know, it's not a joke. It's not me trying to be somebody I'm not. And I see some of these guys sometimes, and, and don't get me wrong. But, I like to work the big shows, you know, with Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy. Well, then guys that know what they're doing. Uh, you got the guys on the on that card that know what they're doing. But I'm talking about some of these Ricky Dink outlaw promotions that, that you go out here, guys, and uh, that you know that the, the guys have no training whatsoever. Uh, they don't know whether to wind grass or scratch your watch. You know, oh, yeah, and like I said, you know, buddy. And, and, and I go out there and watch this. It's embarrassing to me. Uh, I'm hiding, but but then you have your great promotions like this, like this uh, PWS that we're at uh, this coming Saturday night. A great promotion, uh, the promotion that we was at in Winston Salem yesterday. What a first class act! You see, that's what our business is about. This is what the promoters have got to understand. You don't book guys on the deck gum business. You know, and even though. We are inter- professional. That we are entertainers. Hell, we're professional athletes, and that's what these yep. guys have got to understand. Now, you know, that's the reason I have a wrestling school. 
is to try to teach some of these guys. But hell, nowadays, uh, you know, everybody thinks they know everything, but they don't really know shit. That's what kills me, you know. So, oh, yeah, that's one of the things that's wrong with the business. You got a bunch of these. You know what? I, you know what, Bruce? I wish I had Stu. I wish Stu was still alive. That he just come out here and just stretch the hell out of all of them. You know, well, that, was, that, was part, <laughs> that was part of the deal back in the day. If uh, you know, oh yeah, come here, kid. I want to show you. Wherever you know, you got. It was part of the deuce pay, and you had to go through the. You know, the three-headed dog at the gates of hell before you got into the... Uh, yeah, but, you know, and that's what I'm saying. I, and I'm not talking about... I'm talking you about protected the business, you know. you, you that you that uh, It was obligatory okay. that you, you know... Uh, I'm still a stunt. You know, I may sound like I got my head up my ass or I'm living in the past, but I, I still uh, despise the effing term smart mark and all that horse shit, you know, and I, I still, it pisses me off when I go to a show and I hear a bunch of jerk offs going, you fucked up or, uh, you know, uh, all that oh, other, yeah. you know, I, I got you, know you know, it's, yeah, you, know right. you never heard that in the day. I remember when we had, you know, yeah. guys like dynamite yeah. and those guys in their heyday, you never heard any of that shit. And, Hell no, you did. You know, it's because we, uh, and I gotta say, yeah, us boys, we protected ourselves. But like, it's nothing that me and you could do. It, it changed. But the, what does happen is, like I said, you know, these guys who can't get booked nowhere, they open up their businesses. They go run. Like you don't remember uh, Bruce and we used to do the fair shows. Uh, the yep. fairs would bring you in and pay you big money. Uh, I, I say, for instance, I don't give a shit. I don't say their name. Or oh, oh, guy over North Carolina, his name's uh, uh, Rex Rumble. You know, he, he went. You know, he can't get. He couldn't get big booked in a in a shit factory if he was a fly. I mean, that's how yeah. fucking bad this guy is. His talent's that bad. You know. He, then he went and got the fairs and say, "Hey, listen, I, I do it for you free." Okay, now. The fair gives them because it's free, but when the first match goes on, the fair throws them out of the fair because they're so horrible. And then when a legit company like these these guys I'm working for this Saturday night, the ones we worked for uh, last night down in Winston-Salem, when they're a legit company to go get them, you can't get them because these guys here done burnt all the – I mean, they ruined the sponsors. They done burnt giving people a bad taste about our business because uh, of the show they had. It's a bunch of bullshit, but you know, like I said, I was telling you, I like the, you know, the they when you have the real boys on the cards, where you have great matches and give the people what they paid to see. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I remember back in the day, uh, it drives me nuts when I see some of these indie shows and every effing guy on the cards got a effing costume and a gimmick and a some girl with fake tits as his ballet and, uh, and uh, all this other hey, shit. Hey, I ain't knocking the face. I like that. Yeah. But none of them can work. I'm just, you know, it's like... Yeah, I, one time, they, they do everything for work. No, I'm just... Yeah, and it drives I'm me nuts, you know. But, you know... And, oh, I got you, buddy. But yeah, we can't do that to Bobby. Did Bobby Eat never come back on? Wait, wait, wait. Is that Bob? Bob? What up, Gabe? Abraham Lincoln? 
Bobby's only guy to, Bobby's only guy I know the business owner me. <laughs> hey, I got a poster here. All right, guys. My wrestling school, I collected it for years. It's a cow palace back in uh, uh, over uh, over in San Francisco, 1922. Strangler Lewis versus Bobby Eaton. <laughs> hey, <laughs> come on, Bobby, far back on me. Yo, bastard. Hey, right, I'm not going to get started with I you. Know. I know. I love you, boy. You doing okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Love That's you. Great, man. Hey, we missed you over here at Starcade yesterday. All the boys asked about you and said how you would do it. I think you talked to Cornette, didn't you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and uh, hey, guys, another thing, on January the 10th in Spartanburg, South Carolina, big promotion, uh, Robert and I are going to be wrestling the Midnight Express. Uh, I guess we got to whoop their ass again, I guess. What do you think, Bobby? I don't think you can do that. <laughs> well, Dennis Codridge, uh, Randy Rhodes with Jimmy Cornette and Bobby Eaton to be in the corner. But you see, Bobby, we always have a surprise. Ricky Steamboat will be at our our corner that night. So I'd like to give the guys a plug for that. That's going to happen January the 10th at the Spartanburg Old Auditorium. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to potato you, Bobby Eaton. I ain't throwing that sweet potato either. I'm going to hit you hard, you bastard. Hello? Yeah. I mean, you invite me to buy a ticket. You invite me to buy a ticket. Hey, hey, I'll tell you something, Bruce. Uh, are you there, Bruce? Yeah. Yeah, last time I worked with Bobby, I told him, I said, Bobby, after the match, I told him, I said, uh, listen, Bobby, uh, next time I work with you, just haul off and hit me as hard as you can. Because you're working punches are going to put me in the fucking hospital. You know? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and everything. <laughs> so, uh, hey, we're, we're all we go to, guys, all over the country. I'm sorry. I'm, uh, I'm ignorant because uh, I'm always working uh, about your radio show here. We go everywhere or we're in a certain area. Uh, this is a uh, worldwide internet radio show. Oh, really? Anywhere okay. you've got a computer, you can listen to this radio show right now. Oh, really? Cool. Hey, Bobby, I told him a while ago and what you told me. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just wanted to say we've got a caller on the line here, Bruce. Uh, it's a friend of the show. We have Chris Gilman joining us. Chris, welcome to the show. How are you, Chris? You know you know Bobby and uh, everyone on the show here? You know Ricky and Bobby? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ricky, how you doing, bud? Man, I'm doing great. Uh, have I met you before, bud? Uh, you have. It's it's Peanut. <laughs> peanut? You know Peanut? Hey, uh, I don't know if these guys are <laughs> the show. No, but I see you. I'm going to put my foot up your ass. No, I'm just kidding. I know Peanut, guys. He's my, my friend. He's from over in this area. Uh, <laughs> peanut was help, Peanut's helping with the show that we're doing this uh, coming weekend, aren't you, Peanut? I am, I am, um, and, and definitely right. we're looking forward to it. Hey, we're on Nationwide Radio, and uh, I don't know if there's a delay in my phone call, but plug the son of a bitch. I dare you to. <laughs> now you sound like you Michael Duggar. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah uh, definitely looking forward to uh, the events this week, uh, Friday night in uh, Rogersville, Tennessee. 
Uh, PWS, Matt Hardy will be there. Uh, December the 6th is Saturday night. Uh, as, as Ricky mentioned, we're also going to be in Blountville, Tennessee, at uh, Sullivan Central High School. Um, again, uh, the, the big matchup with uh, Ricky and uh, Matt Hardy. And um, I hear that uh, Jeff Hardy and uh, the Willow will be there as well. So so definitely ought to be an awesome night. Well, that's good, my Peter. It's going to be a great night because these two kids are, uh, especially uh, after being hot off that TV out here on the independent promotion, uh, new faces that come to town, that which are really over, especially with the kids, the parents. I know there's been a lot of tickets sold in advance. Uh, so guys, you, you know, check it out on the uh, what, what's your uh, website there, Peanut? Give the people a clue; they can check it out. And if anybody's around this area down here in uh, Eastern Tennessee, North Carolina, Virginia, West Virginia, Kentucky, when it's not far from all of them, if they're interested, they can uh, go online and find out a bunch of the information about it and come to the show. What's, what's the website, dude? Uh, website, I am actually on Facebook, uh, can be looked up under Chris Gilman. Uh, the phone number to call actually for tickets is, uh, area code 423-480-1944. And, uh, that'll, that'll put you down. Hell, that's Bobby Eaton's number. <laughs> <laughs> you just gave out Bobby Eaton's number. I see that son of a bitch on the bathroom wall, that same number over. If you want a free one, come here, call his number. That Bobby's name before that son of a bitch. Call for a Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least y'all got a sense of humor on this radio show. I do some of it. Just, God damn, I want to blow my brains out before I get off the damn radio. They're boring as hell. <laughs> you know what? Hey, Bruce, I ain't him drinking either. Just think if I was drinking. We'd be having, we'd having a hell of a time, wouldn't we? <laughs> See, I like these radio shows. You could walk around the house here naked, scratching your nuts and shit. Nobody knows. Uh, hey, I'm going to get us kicked off the air, ain't I? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Ricky, Ricky Bobby, have a good time. <laughs> Bobby said what? He lost his supper just thinking about you walking around doing that. Yeah, I know it. What Bobby talking about over there? You know, Bobby, I took Bobby to a doctor one time. Doctor told Bobby, he says, uh, hey, listen, I need a stool specimen, a sperm specimen, and a uh, urine specimen. So Bobby just threw him his fucking underwear. That's what, uh, what? <laughs> but guys, I know we're doing a wrestling show here. I'm sorry, but I have a great time. And I'll let everybody know, one of the most underrated but the best wrestler I've ever been my favorite to step in the ring with is Bobby Eaton. Bobby, if you're listening to that, you're my buddy, you're my friend. Bobby and I grew up in this business together, even though we had great rivals. But one thing we did, we put asses in seats when the boys depended on us to, to feed them, to draw houses. Uh, myself and Robert with uh, Bobby, Dennis Condry, Bobby, Stan Lane, Cornette, uh, and then in those days, you didn't have, you know, going to be wrong, we had big arenas, but not as big as they are now that hold 30,000 or 40,000. But in our day, when the buildings hold 5,000, 10,000, you know, and for our era and time, we sold them all out. 
Thank you, Bobby, man. You hear me? Oh, Even though you did sell you. for me, you, you know, I told her, I, you know, I, I, <laughs> I sell for Dennis and Sam, but I wouldn't sell for Bobby. Huh? <laughs> Somebody asked me one time, how'd you get smartened up to the business, Ricky Morton? I said, I watched Bobby eating fucking work. Uh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. I, I, I love you, Bobby, and you know that. Uh, I love what you stand for in this business. First class act, guys. And I will tell you this, Bobby's on the phone here, and, and you understand, except for me, because I can get away with it. I know him. There's nobody in this business ever, ever in my life, I ever heard anybody say anything bad about Bobby Eaton other than the fans when they used to get the heat on me. That's the only time. But he was doing his job. The boys, everything. Bobby, you're a first class act. I love you, boy. You know that. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, yeah. for having me on, man. Okay? I'm, I'm into the back. What's that? Thank is this Brian talking? No, it's Brian talking. It's me talking to you, Mark. <laughs> Mark? Look here, Bobby. I'm going to sell you $8. I got 8 I need to sell you, man. Okay, $10. I'll send it to you in the mail if you play the postage stamps. Postage for it, okay? <laughs> you fucking idiot. You Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Calling me a Mark. He ran uh, off. He ran off, Rick. You know him. He reached his word limit for the week. So. <laughs> oh, did he? That's great, guys. My phone's beeping for some reason, guys. I don't know what the hell is going on here. But, uh, you know, I'll tell you guys. Thank you, guys. Bruce's guy, man. I hadn't. I think I met you up in Calgary yeah. or somewhere, didn't I? Yeah, I remember yeah, meeting you down. Maybe even was down. Uh, were you down around WCW when Bischoff and all that was going on, or uh, I know yeah, I met I sure you somewhere. Uh, maybe uh, I'm not a big. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember if I met you in Vegas. I remember uh, Angel of Death and yeah. a bunch of that stuff was going on. I, I know I yeah, met you, you know, somewhere. It, yeah, 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 but you know, I was uh, in there, but you know, I wasn't around Brad a lot. But uh, you know what? I'm not trying to play up old times. You know, Owen was a good friend of mine. Uh, yeah, you know, I know Owen uh, spoke highly of you, and uh, and Brett did yeah. as well. But I remember we yeah, had all the like, Tennessee guys up, and uh, guys like Danny Davis and Ken Wayne and uh, Ted Allen and guys like that. They all yeah spoke very uh, yeah highly of you and Robert, you know, and uh, and Bobby, you know. They uh, I they yeah, but I was you know we and Owen we and Owen hung out together when uh when he was in WCW, uh, you know, yeah, we was around each other a lot. We wrote, yeah, we run, you know, we hung around, wrote a lot together, uh, traveled a lot together, had some good times. And, uh, yeah, for some reason, Pillman. Tragic loss for our business. He was a great yeah. worker, too. Man. Tra- yeah, what a hell of a river. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He needs to go down in the history books for ribbon, too. My God. But uh, I love Doan. Yeah. Good guy. Great yeah, credit to our business, guys yeah, like that. Yeah, pretty, pretty decent guidance. Uh, you know, usually checked his ego at the door, and was he was always uh, one of the boys. You know, not you know uh, one of those guys that made it kind of fun to be on the road. You know, and, you know another. Well, guy you know that, that was, I, that was you, you understand that too. That's 
That's an important thing. You know, Robert and I have been uh, tag team partners for 31 years, and, uh, and that's a long time. But you yeah. seem to be in a long time of being partners. We spent a lot, you know, that gum, I spent a lot of time with him, you know, and, uh, and you spent more time with, on the road. With the guys on the road than you do with your wife or your kids or whatever, you know, here. Yeah, somebody told me the other day, they asked me about that. I said, man, I'm with Robert more than I am my wife, and I don't even like my wife either, so don't ask. <laughs> but I was just kidding. <laughs> but but that, that was great. And I mean, no, but you, if you don't, and like you said a while ago, when you're on the road traveling, if you're not with a bunch of good guys or people that you get along with, boy, a day is long and you're miserable. You know, uh, you listen to somebody bitching all the time or somebody knocking this guy and knocking this guy and the drama. You know, I didn't, I didn't like that bullshit. So, uh, Owen was a good one. Rob, you know, that's the reason I mean, Robert stayed together so long. We, you know, we'd, we had great times on the road. We had to, we got along together good. Same thing with Owen. Oh, yeah. I think that's one of the things the business is missing is, is the road, you know. Uh, I remember... Uh, we had some long road trips up here back back in the day, but uh, it was an incredible place to learn. You'd have the old farts schooling you, you know, the old farts like the Stomper and uh, the oh, Duke yeah, Myers. And, and yeah. You were like a captive audience. You had to, and sometimes they were diplomatic and nice, you know, giving you some tips. Other times they, they were on your ass, and, you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay. You know me. You mean cups of coffee? I used to get for the guys. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you know what's and what's funny too, guys. When I first broke a business, you know, I wasn't allowed to dress in the dressing room with the boys. Uh, well, it made me dress out in the hallway or in the men's bathroom. Nowadays, I guy, you know, and what really kills me on some of these independent shows, you go in and sit down, and a guy brings his girlfriend in with him, right in the dressing room, and sits down. And here you go, you got to take your clothes off and get dressed. And he's wanting me to go outside to get dressed because his fucking girlfriend's in there. Oh, and yeah. You think about, oh, yeah, that, that happens, Bruce. I'm not bullshitting you. And, then you. and you try to get on this guy, and he looks at, looks at you like you got shit in your face or something. Look at me like I'm a fucking idiot. You know? Yeah. What the are you doing, dude? Get your girlfriend out of that fucking dressing room. You know? So, I mean, it happens like that all the time. You know, good God. Just what oh, yeah. happened, you know, sometimes little things like that, you wonder what happened. Why why hadn't somebody smartened this son of a bitch up yet, you know? <laughs> uh, I need to find I one guy there in the dressing room who's got about like a two foot prick and let him take take his clothes off and walk around, <laughs> you know, with his wife in there. <laughs> this son of a bitch he had to get around there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Great. Uh wow. <laughs> I know Calgary was always a bad territory for ribs. I remember there's always Mabel parties or uh, all kinds of shit going on up here. We had, we had some guys who were, you know, major pranksters like Dynamite and Davey and some of those guys. Oh, always, you know, uh, guys, I knew them boys. I know. Hey, <laughs> not this major. I mean, <laughs> like, dude. Every, dude. I think every, every road trip. Yeah, every yeah. road trip there was some some kind of shit going on, whether it's a Metamucil Slurpees or X Lax hot chocolates or uh Oh, I know it. Or you know, are you are are you go to sleep with an Alcy on and you wake up with no fucking eyebrows? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. All kinds yeah. of shit. <laughs> you know. 
God damn. He didn't, you didn't know what was getting. You never went to sleep around them boys. Of course, you went to a room and barricaded your ass. And <laughs> hell no. Hey, and never take a drink from nobody. Hey, I bought you a beer. I ain't drinking that son of a bitch. <laughs> no. I, remember one, I remember one time we were crossing the border on the way to the States, and uh, Dynamite had, uh, I think, put uh, X Flax in this midget's hot chocolate, but they. They said, do you have anything to declare? And the, the midget jumped out and, you know, shit all over the place, you know. And <laughs> the border guards. Oh, oh I know. This the border guards like yeah, they weren't too thrilled. They pulled us over. <laughs> but, you, but, you know, Bruce, I, you know, I love Canada, but when you're, uh, you know, when you're a southern boy like me, and, uh, and you come up to Canada, my God. You know, I'm not used to the cold weather. Uh, that's the reason I didn't come up here a lot. And it wasn't because that I loved the place. I wrestled there many times. I loved the, loved the atmosphere. I loved the fans. You know, it was just like me. I remember my dad was. I remember my dad was. Uh, I think it was Honky Tonk and Schultz or some of those guys who were always raving about you guys. And uh, my dad was. It may, may have been Danny Davis and Ken Wayne or whatever, but I remember my dad was. Uh, Anxious to get you and Robert up here back in those days. He had, he had, had yeah, he sure did. I bet you did several times. And, uh, and, and I, every time I seen him, he always stuck my head up my ass. You know, I went, I got for a while when he <laughs> shake hands with us. Like, God damn, Sue, listen up. You know? <laughs> 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 God damn, let me show you a hope. Fuck no, I run. You know, <laughs> but that was I good days, man. You know, I remember one, back, he was a good guy. I remember back in the, would have been about in the 90s, uh, my dad was down at one of the WrestleManias, and there was this uh, nice enough guy named Reggie Parks. And, uh, yeah, I know Reggie. Pretty nice guy, and my, he had broken up here, and my dad had stretched him down in the dungeon many a time back when he was breaking <laughs> in. But, uh, yeah, I, remember, and, I remember my brother Owen, who was uh, always up to mischief, uh, he called Stu up in his hotel room, and I think it was in Los Angeles at one of the WrestleManias, and he owned did a perfect impersonation of Reggie Park, and uh, he started uh, getting on with Stu about uh, you stretched me back in '56 or something, and Stu was saying, yeah, 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 yeah. and Owen kept. Uh, and, uh, I've got a bone to settle with you, Stu, and uh, you know, and Stu was wondering, and he, you, know, you, you and me, and then stammering and all, and Stu got I bet Stu had a, I bet mean, like, he was a bad fucker. He wanted to go whoop the fucking Reggie Park's ass. Stu was getting madder and madder, and uh, finally Stu said, if you want a fucking piece of me, Reggie, you can grab your fucking best hold or something. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Hey, you know, I've seen Owen do that one time with uh, Target Slaughter. Uh, we oh, checked yeah. at a hotel. Yeah, we checked at a hotel. And Target <laughs> Slaughter went upstairs. And he went over and got on the house phone. He called him and told him his credit card wasn't no good. And, uh, for the room, and you know, he talked just like the guy at the front desk. He could say, Oh, and so, and oh my god. And finally, Owen said, You better get down here. I have your ass thrown out of this motel. So, and but 
<laughs> Sergeant Slaughter, you know, was trying to, he was telling that his credit card's good. So he, he got down there and made him hid in the closet. Take him out. Sergeant Slaughter come down that son of a bitch raising hell. No, I almost got his own self threw out. But that was Owen. The guy in front of us didn't know what the hell they were talking about. And that was Owen doing that, guys. That was great. And uh, Peter, you still on the line? I am here, bud. You mark. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we have a uh, we have another caller on the line. Sorry to interrupt. I'm going to bring right, someone on here. We have, we have a... Hey, Bruce, I might as well get your number. Maybe you finish our conversation later. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm having a great conversation. We have a 423-845 number calling in. You are on Heartbeat uh, Radio. Ricky, I believe you uh, may be familiar with this guy. It's uh, Gabe Brock from uh, PWS. Hello. Hey, Ricky, how's it going tonight? Well, man, I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? You hear, you hear him whistle, aren't you? Yeah, I've just been you sitting back listening to a bunch of old guys just talk about the good old days. <laughs> well, you asshole. What are, what are you trying to tell them in Bruce we're old? I don't know if you know Bruce. <laughs> well, you ain't no spring chicken. <laughs> Bruce come down here and whoop your ass now. I'm <laughs> just kidding, guys. Hey, uh, <laughs> I'm staring the shit up, Dale. <laughs> shit, Ricky. I'd be over to your house in about five minutes. Oh, I know it. That'd be your second you. mistake. Wait, yeah. what, no, when are you going to come over this far? You're going to come over what my ass? <laughs> no, you know, I'm playing with you guys. You know that. What's I, just, that? I just really wonder what's going on with you this week. I mean, you, you're going to be one-on-one with Matt Hardy. And so yeah, but you know that Hardy is the is the P the you know the PWS uh, heavyweight champion and uh, got an opportunity to wrestle. I'm gonna go out there. You know, this is my backyard, dude. This is my hometown. Uh, no master champion. I'm looking to forty dollars. Don't get me wrong. I I don't know I'm old until I see a picture of myself. Because uh, in my heart, I still but, I mean, this great, 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 I work out seriously. Now, now, I just, I just, I want, I just want to know, man, because this, this, this has never, ever been on paper. Hardy Boys, uh-huh. Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton, Matt Hardy. This has never been done before. You know, this, this is, this has got to be something special. You know, people got to realize Wait. around here that this is going to be something special. It's ain't just no, you know, Ricky Morton coming on in. Dancing around, rock and roll, rock and roll. This is this is a fight here between you two. Well, buddy, listen to me, son, and people around here know it. If you went on my, if you went on my uh, guys out here, go on my Facebook school of Morton. I did some uh, interviews on there, a video clip, and everything. But this is business to me. I, right now, I'm on here with Bruce. We all reminiscing old times. We're sitting there talking and having a good time. But like I told you earlier, this business ain't no game. This business is no joke. This is, business is not for me to be somebody that I'm not. This business is somebody that I am. I gave my whole life to this business. I've been in Rusted and Ring for 40 years. I know I'm an older man, and I just want to see how good I am. I want to come after you. Don't get, I don't know if any of y'all know. I, just, I, I won the NWA Junior Heavyweight title about six months ago, which I, 
I don't have it no more. I dropped the belt to the guy, Chase Owens, which is a great wrestler, a common wrestler. But you understand me. I'm wrestling Matt Hardy, one of the best in our business. Not even if the best. Uh, his brother Jeff is going to be there. A great baby face tag team that would go down in history just like myself and Robert. It's a challenge. How about for me. you and Robert? I mean, how about you and Robert? What would you, what, what? what dream match right here? You and Robert, Matt and Jeff. What would happen? What's hey, the buddy. outcome? What's Everybody the outcome? Well, no, buddy. I don't, what do you think the outcome would be? Two best baby faces in the world. I don't, I don't know one thing. It ain't what nobody's going to know. I can't predict what I'm going to do. I can't predict what's going to happen in the match. But I can tell you one thing all the fans right here know they would get 100% of what I got. They get 100% of what Robert's got. And they're going to get 100% of what I got this Saturday night down here in Bluffville, Tennessee. And if you know, the fans are interested. They got one of the biggest advances they have ever had. And I'm, I'm talking about it when you're on independent. They've sold over 700 ringside seats to this place. That's unbelievable. I'm telling you guys for around here. So that's not counting what's going to walk up. Well, that's not counting what's going to buy later on through this whole week of us doing this radio interview. This is my life. This is my business. Only thing I can tell you, we, we respect that. I mean, we totally respect that about you. We, yes. we, all the boys in the back, they respect what you've done in this business. They know what you've done in this business, and they look to you as a leader around here. And and everybody appreciates that. But yes, and I do I do know, that, buddy. I know that Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy, when they're going to be there this weekend, they said something about Willow. Does that concern you any? Oh, yeah. You know, Willow, that's one of the best. But, uh, you know, one of Jeff Hardy's gimmicks, I'm not afraid of saying that. You know what I'm saying? He'll be there. Uh, I mean, it's the only way I can put it and say it. You know, I mean, uh, I mean, who am I trying to bullshit? You know, I, I'm not. I'm not here to insult anybody's intelligence. Uh, it's like I told you earlier, you know, a business just changed a lot. I know. It's a part about hanging, but it's a part about respect. And, and, and you understand this too, guys. You know, and the, everybody that's out there, even though I run a wrestling school, I try to teach these guys about our business. Not only that, I try to teach them how to make good decisions in life. Lord knows I made a bunch of bad ones. And if they can, if they can learn from my mistakes in life, you know, these guys have got a great future. I have a lot of good kids down there, uh, like I was saying earlier, that, that was a junior heavyweight child, you know, Chase Owens. If you guys would, just some of these independent wrestlers that just would come down and watch them, the guys, just see how hard that they trained to try to get a, a shot or a break in this business. Because in this business here, even though it's entertainment, nothing is given. You got to earn it. You got to earn the respect, and you got to earn everything that when you get in that ring, because if you don't, your ass will be out that door as fast as it walked in that son of a bitch, especially if I'm around here. You give me all you got, yeah. buddy, and I, and I cannot put you down for that. And I was telling you that when I step into the ring Saturday night with Matt Hardy, he would get every thing that I got. And that's all I can promise anybody. You know, if I win, I win. But you know what, buddy? I would not go down without a fight. And that's the way it's going to be, no matter if Jeff's there or whoever's there, or Tom, Dick, or Harry, or anybody else is there. It don't matter to me. This is what I do for a living. 
This is what I do, and I respect it a lot. So I hope you guys do too. Well, I, I, what I want everybody to do is to go on to their Facebooks right now, look up Pro Wrestling South. That's all they have to do. All the information there for the ticket sales, the telephone number, contact, message, whatever they need to do because they need to be down there to see this. This match is not just some regular old match. This is for the Pro Wrestling South Championship. This is very important. This is one of the top wrestling matches that's ever happened here in the Tri-Cities in Tennessee, and and I'm I'm just really looking forward to seeing it. I'm, I'm well, thank totally you, buddy. I appreciate excited. that. I want to tell you that. That's, I'm glad you came on. I'm glad you gave the information out on this. Now, you know, earlier you was listening to me. Yes, I was having a good time with my friend, Bruce Hart. He's a guy that understands me because he's been in the same boat that I'm in. We get older. We get we know what our business is about, but we love our business. This is who we are. Yeah, this is what we do. Yeah. Now, we can sit here and bullshit all night. That's fun. We like doing that. But when it comes to business, we are businessmen. And that's what's happening, buddy. That's that's what it's all about. And you guys, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to cut short. I have my son, and I, my front door is open. I'm going to have to go get my boy. Uh, I love you all. Everybody that's out there, you come to see, get a chance. You come down. Come to see us. Ricky Morton versus Matt Hardy. I promise you this match will go down in history. The first time we ever met the Hardy boys, but you just think this might lead into what? The Rock and Roll Express versus the Hardy boys, Matt and Jeff. You think better that won't draw? <laughs> Y'all have a wonderful night. The guys in the business are out there to understand who are the boys. Understanding, I love you all, and I love my business. Good night, gentlemen. Ricky, thanks for coming on, bud. Yeah, thanks very much, Ricky. Uh, it's uh, great to have you on. Thank you very much, Ricky. All right, looks like uh, Ricky has signed off on that one. Uh, very interesting conversation going on there for a minute. Yeah, like, a lot of passion for the business. I'm glad he still uh, retains it, you know, and, um Hope that turns out well for him and uh, the Hardys. You know, it sounds like it would be a tailor made for a, a tag match or a return or something like that. So I, I hope the uh, fans come out and uh, I hope the match uh, lives up to expectations too. Should be uh, should be fun. And, and if I can add to that, Bruce, uh, just to, to kind of add to what Ricky was saying to what. Uh, Gabe was saying uh, a few moments ago, um, I mean, the, the fans do not understand the importance of this. Um, first time ever in history this match has ever taken place. You've got old school, you've got new school. Um, front row is already sold out on this thing. Uh, so second row meet and greets are gone. Uh, this show is nearly completely sold out a week before the show. Um, so fans, again, um, look up Pro Wrestling South on Facebook. All the contact information is there. Um, I actually gave out the, the number earlier uh, to call in for tickets. Um, call that number, get your tickets now, witness 
this match. This is an historic event that's going to happen, and it's going to happen right here in East Tennessee, and I'm damn proud. I'll go ahead and put it that way. I'm, I'm damn proud to be a part of it. Do you know if uh, Gibson and Jeff and those guys are going to be be there as well? Or? Uh, Gibson, I haven't heard anything about. Uh, again, Ricky um, is going to be there, Matt, as well as Jeff Hardy. Yes, I'm excited. I, I'll have to definitely uh, see if I can uh, go online after and see if somebody... Uh, you know, the clip of the match on Facebook or or whatever. If I may interject, if I may interject, this is Gabe again. Uh, it looks like that uh, we're kind of working towards getting this made into a uh, DVD that will be sold. So this will probably be able to be seen all over the world. People will be able to purchase it uh, through uh through a group we are uh, currently uh, starting to work with. So uh, more details on that will probably come available after the weeks of the show. But this this will be shut. You know, people will be able to see this. Well, that's good. I, I definitely uh, applaud everybody involved. Hope it goes well. You know, business needs more uh, more things like that. You know, and. Uh, I'm sure it'll be a success because uh, Matt's a great worker too, you know. So that uh, yeah, no, every time we've had I mean, Matt Hardy here, I mean, he has totally, totally blown it out of the water. Um, after last uh, September, he was here and he won the Pro Wrestling South Championship against Lenny Stratton. Uh, it was probably talked about by every. I mean, I can look at the analytics on the. Uh, on the Pro Wrestling South page, and and I've still got a bunch, a bunch of info of people who caught that match and, and were just just in awe of how that went down. And that was a tables, ladders, and chairs match. So they really, really tore it up. That's great to hear. That's exactly what this business needs is uh, some of those shows aside from – WWE or whatever to be uh, selling out and grabbing the people, captivating their imaginations again. You know, so that's, I'm really happy to hear that, and uh, I'll be looking forward the to hearing. The fans are out there. Oh, the I, fans I, are I, out there. They just have to be reached. Yeah. Oh, I, I know it better than damn near anyone. You know, we had. To, it's a shame, and it's something that's wrong with the business these days. But back in the day, you could go to almost any uh, city or whatever in North America. And uh, I know my dad had 52 weeks a year. We were running seven days a, a week, you know. So fans were getting their fix, and there was, whether it was here, Tennessee, or Texas, or Florida, or Georgia, or uh, you know, California or wherever the hell, Minneapolis. And they're not, you know, like WWE comes maybe once every 18 months up here or something like that, you know, and it's usually a sterile, stale, you know, show that doesn't grab anyone anyway. But, uh, but yeah, I'm glad to hear guys like Ricky and uh, Matt Hardy and some of those guys are uh, – Going back to the grassroots, and I hope they I hope they work a return, or they 
come back uh, a month later or something like that. You know, I hate to see when they, you know, they hook the fence and then they don't bother coming back. You know, that's that's exactly what they should be doing is coming back uh, two weeks later, a month later, and having a a tag or a spinoff or something. You know, that's that's what the business needs is more of that kind of thing and let the fans uh, kind of get back into it. You know, I totally agree with you. There's millions of fans out there. Yeah, I feel sorry for the fans these days. You know, they've had it taken away from them for no damn reason the last 20, 30 years just because WWE uh, went out of their way to kill all the territories, you know, and... uh, territories is where all the boys were coming from and all the stories were coming from and all the you know the fan base was being sustained and it's, it's a credit to the business that it's survived all the uh all the bullshit you know so yeah and, uh, I, I totally get that i totally get kudos that. to uh, uh Kudos to uh, Mikey Duggar and uh, Alan Selby for really uh, putting this thing on the map and and, uh, the rest of the boys at at PWS for uh, keeping the ball rolling and uh, getting the advertisement out there. uh, Yeah, I hope some of the other indie promoters take notice. You know, maybe they see that you can uh, sustain some business at, you know, smaller places and... uh, go about it like they used to in the old days and it might be a a good example for some of these others to maybe uh see that and you know try to get some of those guys back into the swing again, you know. But anyway, I don't know who we have left on here. We're I guess heading into the home stretch, you know four or five Yeah, we left. are actually we've got about five minutes left, so we're gonna have to uh bring this to a wrap. Uh wanted to thank Bobby Eaton for joining us tonight as well as Ricky Morton. Definitely need to see about maybe having Ricky come back on again. I don't think Bruce you really had a chance to talk with him all that much. They were more no, promoting we were stand up so Yeah, I'll have to catch get uh, Ricky and Bobby on again. I wanted to go over some of the uh the Owen ribs and the uh some of the other ribs <laughs> We're just sort of starting on that, and we got off track. But uh, yeah, maybe we can spend the whole show discussing the Mabel parties and the uh, some of the other good stuff that went on in the road trips, you know. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I, uh, as I said before, it was uh, you know a thrill for me to have Ricky and uh, Bobby Eaton on you know, both. Uh, within the wrestling circles, you know, two of the guys that are most respected. You, n- you never hear anyone say a bad word about Bobby Eaton or Ricky Martin. I've, you know, uh, even though I've been around the business for years, you know, sort of a, it was a thrill for me because I'd heard a lot about those guys, but I never was around them that much because they were down in the South and we I was up here, but uh, certainly uh, more than lived up to my expectations and, as I said before, uh, I remember back in the day, everyone used to rave about Bobby Eaton and, and Ricky Morton, you know, and a lot of guys that were big stars and all, I'd always hear nothing but 
good things said about them in and out of the ring. So, you know, they certainly lived up to my expectation. And I'd, I'd like to thank them both for, you know, seeing fit to come on tonight and uh, lo- love to uh, hear from them. And uh, we just sort of scratched the surface, too. So Definitely two of the uh, kindest gentlemen I've, I've ever come in contact with, uh, Bobby especially. Uh, Ricky um, has always been extremely uh, generous with his knowledge, uh, has helped uh, me out a lot personally as a ref. Um, Bruce, Michael, I do want to thank you both for uh, allowing this night to happen Um, and uh, allowing the the show to be pushed the way that you have. I, I really do appreciate that. It, it is going to be a, a historic event coming up, and uh, one that I'm most definitely looking forward to. And uh, big thanks to Bob Johnson again for uh, for uh, allowing this not to happen. Yeah, well, thanks very much. I'll maybe have you on next next time as well. I'd love to hear uh, get the lowdown on how the show went, and uh, you know. I, Love to uh, if there's any other indie shows out there that are looking to uh, you know promote their product. You know, I'd be more than happy to uh, oblige them because uh, if that's what this business needs is uh, to sustain itself at the grassroots level more. So, but yeah, I'd also like to thank Mike very much for coming on and uh, being our guest host tonight. He uh, did a great job, you know, and uh, it's great to just let Bobby and uh, Ricky kind of, you know, talk and let them shoot the shit as they say. So, but, uh, but yeah, thanks very much, Mike. Uh, appreciate your uh, lending yourself Uh, no problem, Bruce. Um, I was glad to join in. In fact, uh, I was talking with Bob earlier. I will be joining you again next week when we have Evan Ginsberg, Mike Mooneyham, John Trotsky, and Thomas Rude calling in. We will be discussing wrestling journalism, and journalism is my background. So I will be joining you next week for that uh, conversation well, that as well. That should be great. I, I, uh, I'd love to hear that. They, they see if they can get that old Bill Apter on there too, you know. Those are sort of like the uh, some of the more uh, you know respected wrestling journalists ever in the business. Those guys, Mike Mooneyham and uh, Evan, and some of those guys, so wealth of knowledge, and uh, should be some fascinating perspectives put out there. So, but yeah, I'll um, I guess uh, let you wrap it up for us, Mike. And thanks very much. And I appreciate all the. Uh, the fans that are uh, online uh, checking it out. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. All right, well, with that being said, we're going to wrap up tonight's edition of Heartbeat Radio on Pro Wrestling Powerhouse Radio Network. Uh, You can join me this Wednesday night on my show, IHWE Radio, uh, Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Central, on blogtalkradio.com forward slash IHWE Radio. Uh, I will be welcoming Sheldon Goldberg from New England Championship Wrestling, noted historian in the business. He will be uh, our guest on that episode. 
here. You can join back here next Sunday along with Bruce Hart as we have a roundtable discussion of wrestling journalism. My background is in that uh, field, so I am definitely looking forward to this. I want to thank Bruce once again for allowing me to come on and be a guest host tonight, and we will be back next week with another edition of Heartbeat Radio. Thank you for joining us, folks. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.